I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we're coming to you from the Kodo of the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. the Dharma Realm podcast for October 18th, 2013, and today is part two of our discussion of Shin Buddhism and social justice. So last time we talked um, about uh, some of the uh, sort of historical background to Shin relationship to politics and social issues Mm -hmm. in our conversation about social justice. Um, Go listen to that episode. It's really good. Um, But we're just going to dive into a continuation of that conversation because I think that um, it uh, raised more topics in both of our heads. Yeah. So we want to just... We ran out of time. We ran out of time because we, we value your time. It's, it's precious to you and we don't want to take up too much of it. Ha ha ha. So, I mean, yeah, we looked at... Um, I keep saying, I think that, shit, that Pure Land Buddhism has within it um, a kind of idea of um, radical equality mm-hmm. um, that goes very much against what you would expect to see in like a medieval um, society or, you know, kind of hierarchical society where it seems like the social classes are so um, strict and and rigid. Yeah. yeah. Um, And Pure Land Buddhism, whether in Japan or China or um, India, has built into it some kind of um, avenues for, uh, and Buddhism in general too. I mean, it's not like only Pure Land Buddhism. I think that Buddhism is seen this way too. Mm -hmm. Or Buddhism, it's quote unquote, goes against the social norm and, and goes against those rigid hierarchies yeah. um, from the time of the Buddha, allowing in different people and everyone becomes a monk or a nun and, you know, they're the same now. They've shaved their heads, they're wearing the same robes. Um, no more of that um, social discrimination, yeah. caste-based yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of discrimination. So, so that's kind of a part of Buddhism. Right, but I think that um, one of the things that came up for me in our last conversation is a uh, um, uh, an unfortunate consequence of this idea that everybody is equal from the point of the view of Buddha and how that gets played out in uh, a sort of public discourse in a specifically American Buddhist context. Mm. Um, and, I, and I raise this issue because it's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> I'm just going to go into it. So the, so the idea, <laughs> just to, to um, briefly recap, is this idea that um, from Buddha's eyes... There's no discrimination. He doesn't discriminate right, right, right. reality, but that's extended to society where he doesn't discriminate um, only men or, yeah, or um, yeah, yeah. you know, men and women or, or foolish and um, wise, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. So I think that what happens a lot of times is that when we have conversations about race in this country, um, there is this tendency to for some people to sort of come into the, the, the comment section online or whatever and say, well, you know, from uh, the point of view of enlightenment, um, there's no such thing as race. Mm-hmm. Everybody's the same, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I find very troublesome. I find it to be a very troubling uh, response to uh, a conversation about um, race or social injustice because um, I think that it ignores the reality of, of human suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, yes, from a from a certain point of view, from an enlightened point of view, everybody's the same, everything's equal, sure. 
Um, also, from a sociological point of view, yeah, race and ethnicity are constructs. They are they are social con- they are social constructions. They have no existence in you know quote unquote reality, whatever that might be. Um, however, that doesn't mean they don't have consequences. It doesn't mean that there aren't effects to these things. Um, and you cannot convince me that uh, people who are uh, socially labeled as um, people of color or women or uh, LGBT folk or, or other uh, social minorities within the United States don't have different experiences as a result of that social conditioning that is real to them and causes actual suffering. Mm-hmm. And to merely respond to that suffering by saying, oh, well, everybody is enlightened um, seems uh, dismissive and uh, wrong. It just seems wrong uh, wrong minded in the sense of like, it's not helpful, you know, it's just, um, it's just not particularly helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's uh, some interesting sort of doctrinal basis for this, which has to do with this idea of original enlightenment. Right, right. Um, I mean, yeah, so there's this one aspect of, of Buddhism where Buddha's wisdom, right, sees that all things are identical, um, not to be discriminated, right? And it seems like a good thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in um, medieval Japan, this idea of Hongaku Shiso or original enlightenment thought, um, it gets unfortunately co-opted and taken in a different <laughs> direction by people in power. The established Buddhist schools in um, Kamakura are not Zen, Pure Land, Nichiren. It's Tendai, Shingon, and the Nara schools, yeah, yeah. right? And they're in cahoots with the government, let's say, <laughs> some of them, right? Kind of, they have their social position, very powerful, landed monasteries in Japan, and so they, they want the social order kind of kept the way it is. Right, so the original Enlightenment is that... Well, the original Enlightenment takes this, um, samsara is nirvana, nirvana is samsara, even further, mm-hmm. and says, there's no difference whatsoever. Between samsara and nirvana. Yeah, there's no, samsara absolutely is nirvana, there's no path to some other state. The way things are is originally enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Right? Therefore, a king is a king, peasant is a peasant, peasant do what the king says. Right, and it precludes the possibility of any kind of social change and reinforces the idea that we should just accept our place in the world, yeah. um, which I don't think is... Uh, I, I don't think that's what... Um, people who are making this com- these kinds of comments are intending. Right, right. You know, I think that they're intending for everybody to, you know, sort of live up to some sort of idealized egalitarian modern Western ideal of a democratic kind of state where everyone's equal, mm-hmm. infused with a sort of like Buddha sensibility of everybody's already enlightened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to acknowledge the, you know, the flip side of that, which is what um, medieval Japanese Buddhist schools would do of saying, oh, everything's already enlightened, so everyone just stay where you are. Right. This is the way it's supposed to be, and yeah. that precludes the possibility of overcoming any kind of um, social suffering. Um, Which brings yeah. us back to Shinron. Yeah, um, Shin. You know, <laughs> I see. So I see a lot of it in, in terms of dichotomies. I think we've talked about this before. And so one important dichotomy is Nirvana and Samsara. And so a lot of times people will take this wisdom point of view and they'll say, "But Buddha taught no self, so there's no self." Yeah. 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 What I like about Shinran is he acknowledges that from the point of view of Buddha, absolutely. Yeah. From Buddha's side, it's all equal, it's oneness. Uh, but I'm not Buddha. 
I can't see the world from that perspective. I can imagine it, maybe, but well, maybe not. It's inconceivable, too. Right. That's the other thing right? about these kinds of comments that it's like, okay, from the Buddhist point of view, yeah, everyone's equal. So, are you saying that you're a Buddha? Because um, that seems a little arrogant to me. Well, <laughs> depends on the school. I mean, some yeah, schools no, have no. teachings. I mean, just sort of like the general, that. the general discourse of right. like, you know, yes, from the Buddhist point of view. But personally, me personally, I know that I'm not enlightened. I'm very much aware of the fact that I am a limited being. So I'm not going to walk around with the assumption that I somehow can see beyond social constructs. That I am somehow immune from the world in which I live in. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the Buddha. Sorry to. Disappoint, because <laughs> a lot of times um, Buddhism is portrayed as non-dualistic. Right, right, right. Buddhism doesn't accept this dualism between nirvana and samsara, and that's not really true. Mahayana Buddhism maybe is non-dualistic, right? I mean, that's a big step for Nagarjuna to say nirvana is samsara. Samsara mm-hmm. is nirvana. That's not an, a universal Buddhist trait or Buddhist idea. It's yeah. Mahayana from like Madhyamaka kind of emptiness kind of thought. What I like about Shinran is I think he accepts a lot of that stuff, non-dualistic, but from Buddha's side. Yeah. But then he also acknowledges that the, the sentient being side, the foolish being side, the samsaric side, which is where we are, and that we have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Right? We have to recognize that. Um, so, right, so Shinran doesn't often talk from the point of view of Buddha. He usually talks from the point of view of a deluded, foolish being incapable of from Shinran's one's point of view. own salvation. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's really important, and I really like that in Shinran, because it allows us to, yes, acknowledge that Buddha's perspective is the way we should want to be. We should want to try to be Buddha. Uh, We should recognize that, absolutely, the way things actually are is non-discrimination, everything embraced by light, right? But we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, and so then another dichotomy, though, is this dichotomy between the ideals of Buddhism and the social side, the, the reality social reality. Life. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that's an important um, dichotomy to keep in mind, too, because if I've heard so many times, you know, you, somebody who's Buddhist does something and says, I, somebody says, I can't believe a Buddhist would do that. <laughs> And in a way, it seems it's kind of it seems like a good thing because yeah, it seems so like people like, are acknowledging this incredible superiority of Buddhism, but it's also kind of offensive because it's like, haven't you ever talked to an actual Buddhist? <laughs> and why do you think that your idea of what a Buddhist is is the way things are? Right? I mean, it's like it it almost I think it's almost Orientalist in a way, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of puts this this faceless, perfect Buddhist out there. That somehow Buddhists are like this and Buddhism is like this without actually knowing or, or looking into what Buddhism is actually like. Right. Well, it's also this, it's very ground. restrictive and constricting for the person who's on the receiving end, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, you know, it happens to me so often, you know, I'll be telling somebody a story about, oh, I went to this conference or, or you know, I'm a, somebody I know in my professional life who, you know, did something horrible and they're like, really? But that person is supposed to be a Buddhist. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, maybe. I actually don't know whether or not this person is a Buddhist, mm-hmm. um, first of all. But secondly, even if they were, you know, to assume that this person, you know, to assume that a person who is a Buddhist necessarily is somehow already perfect, mm-hmm. um, so immediately just you're setting yourself up for disappointment, right? Because right, right, right. that person can never live up to some sort of idealized vision you have of what a Buddhist is, quote unquote, supposed to be like. Um, and unfortunately, Buddhists are people too, and they're going to disappoint you. And, um, you know, that's, 
that's just sort of the reality. And, we, and, that, and, and ironically, this is part of what you're supposed to do in Buddhism, right? A sort of face reality, a sort of <laughs> see the world for, the, for, the, for what it is. And if you're attached to these idealizations of what Buddhism is supposed to be, then you're not actually looking at what the world really is like, and therefore you're not actually doing it. This is, whoa, I blew my own mind there. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, so, so it, I, th- I talk about dichotomies a lot, and part of the idea of a dichotomy is you have these two extremes, and then there's a middle way that we try to reach, right? right? And so, Actually, I think it's pretty amazing, because we were talking about this a little um, before, in between recording, and it seems like there's a lot of people that are just blown away by Buddhism, whether it's quote-unquote Buddhism or Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, and they see in it something that seems like it has all the answers. Yeah, yeah. Seems like the perfect religion, right? It seem, or, or it's not even religion. It's beyond religion, it's, it's, right? It's, it's this perfect thing. <clears throat> So why the heck are they being like this? Why are they doing that? Right? Or why aren't they talking about this? And so I think I have to take a middle way. And part of it is to say, well, it's reality. It's human beings. Right? And you, if you don't look, if you don't acknowledge that it's human beings, if you don't acknowledge the historical experiences of a human being or a group of human beings, then you're denying, I mean, you're, you're, you're actually kind of in a way doing violence against this community. So, you know, speaking more specifically Japanese Americans yeah, and yeah, their yeah. experience in the United States, many of, not all Japanese Americans are Buddhists, not all Shin Buddhists are Japanese American, but, you know, very much a lot of um, BCA is Japanese American and many, many, many of them have either direct or indirect through family experience of the camps, mm-hmm. right? If you don't acknowledge that, then you got to learn. Yeah. You got to learn. You got to realize that this cult, this community had a, a traumatic, horrible experience that should never have happened in this country. It goes against the roots of what America is supposed to be about, mm-hmm. right? Um, but at the same time, I think in a way, too, it's kind of cool that people look at Buddhism and they see something that seems to be the answer to everything. I think that's kind of the magic of Buddhism, right? That um, are you using magic very um, <laughs> in joke here? Um, you know that that this is the the thing that's so special about Buddhism. It's astounding. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. This, it really does seem Shinran, whether it's Shinran or Shakyamuni, right? That um, it really seems to address like some really deep, important issues. Um, so don't let go of that. If you have that idea and then you see that on the reality there's just kind of everyday institutional problems and personal problems and social problems, don't give up. Don't throw it away just because of the problems. We have to realize there are these problems, but don't forget the ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it have to be this way? Can we? I think that, Buddhist, that Jishinshu has a lot of room in it for social change and for social justice. Uh, and, but we have to acknowledge a lot of these problems. Right. Yeah, and maybe a lot of them aren't being acknowledged. Maybe they're not being talked about. Maybe it's not um, a strong enough um, uh, experience in within the group. Um, so I think there's a lot of um, room f- um, for the, for this kind of dialogue and this kind of um, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we could do better. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's a- I mean, we could do better in a lot of different ways. I mean, mm-hmm. we could do better in terms of acknowledging our own internal institutional communal social issues and whatnot but also we could do better in terms of reaching out to the broader community mm-hmm. i mean um oh, yeah. you know as we talked about last time i feel like there's this the 
whatever our messages doesn't always get out. But you know, there's some irony there too. I think part of part of the Shin uh, perspective is uh, this sort of. I always see it as like a, a sort of radical humility of the sort mm-hmm. of acknowledgement of um, our own limitations, which mm-hmm. I think it's expressed sometimes in a uniquely sort of Japanese slash Japanese American way of don't stand out kind of thing and, mm-hmm. and all this history we're talking about. But also is is sort of you know it, this reaction to well you know if. I'm if I'm so deluded and imperfect, why should I say anything? You know, mm-hmm. like you know, whether I'm Japanese or not, um, which is kind of a which is kind of a problem, right? Because it's like, well, what's so special about me? Should I bother expre- you know expressing to the rest of the world? And it's like, absolutely, you should. Like that's part of the process to me. You know, to me, American culture could use a little humility. You know what I mean? Oh, like right. to me, this is part of the message that we should be helping to promote. Is this I you know, this sense of um, you know this this idea of, of you know Shin, we're saying about Shinran talking about himself rather than from the point of view of Amida and his position of uh, being a, a deluded person. That to me is a really Im- a profound lesson that I think lots of people can take from because it's a way of sort of acknowledging our own personal limitations, but also a way of acknowledging other people's limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than seeing other people as either idealized versions of something or the worst version of something you know, this ideal of equality sort of turns into like, oh, we're all equal because we're all kind of not perfect, you know, and and that helps you sort of, to use a non-Buddhist term, to have sort of forgiveness of people, right, Mm -hmm. and to be more tolerant of people Mm -hmm. because then it's like, oh, okay, nobody's perfect, you know, we're sort of all in this together Um, and then you can work together to make change or... Yeah, there's um, part of the one way Amida Buddha's wisdom is described is uh, he sees things sonomama, as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's thusness, nyorai, like thusness, the um, ichinyo, that's one expression they use for tatata, um, this thusness of reality, as it is. Yeah. But what is that, right? <laughs> is it connected to emptiness, or is it just the way things are is the way things are? Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's this idea that Amida Buddha accepts me as I am. Sonomama. And that's really kind of astounding. Um, it's been part of my path as a Shin Buddhist and realizing that, yeah, in a lot of ways, I don't accept myself as I am. I think one yeah, mistake yeah, we make yeah, is yeah. that you hear so often at temple, I'm a bad Buddhist. Uh-huh. It's like, wait, 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 so what? You know, Amida Buddha accepts you as a bad Buddhist, yeah. right? So there's a way of us kind of thinking, I need to be a certain way. And I'm not, but that's kind of a cop out too. I'm a bad Buddhist, so I don't really do anything. Don't have to do anything yeah. <laughs> right? That's not what it's saying, right? It's um, really interesting. That, but that's part of Shinshu is realizing I'm accepted as I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, that the whole that whole thing is part of the path too of, of mm-hmm. wrestling with these questions of what does it mean to be a bad Buddhist and does that matter and do I have to do anything? Should I do things? And right. yes, so I should. So what should I do? What should and, I do? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is all part to me. Like this is part of. People always ask me what like practice is in Shin Buddhism, and I'm like, I never have a good answer. But I think wrestling with these questions mm-hmm. is really the heart of it. Like mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to live your life, mm-hmm. um, which often in my in my yeah, personal yeah, yeah. unique experience right. too. That's what I like about this um, acknowledgement of the samsara side is it acknowledges the particularity of our world. When you just say there's no self, it's all the same. 
then you're, you're basically saying to me, you don't matter. Yeah. Your experiences don't matter. If we say um, race is a construct, we shouldn't worry about race. It's like you're just denying the experiences of an entire race of people. Right, right. It's the, the, we need to acknowledge the, the particularity the, of this social reality that we live in. Yeah, and it's a completely, a completely impractical way to approach uh, social life anyway to just say oh there's no self it's like well then what does that mean <laughs> if there's no self then what do I do like that's even worse than the sort of stereotype of Shin Buddhism where you don't have to do anything it's like well if if nothing mm-hmm. exists then uh, now what <laughs> you know like do I just sit in my room in meditation and bliss out yeah. that's not going to change anything that's not going to make the world a better place you know and, and you know so like like, like let's like, let's get into it. Let's acknowledge, as you're saying, let's acknowledge the world for what it is, and then go from there. Yeah. And one problem with the um, "I'm accepted as I am" issue, though, is that it can turn into a an acceptance of discrimination, yeah, yeah, yeah. an acceptance of the three poisons, right. right? And that's not what it's saying either, right? Amida Buddha accepts me as I am. Um, but you're not Amida Buddha. <laughs> yeah, and in a way, though, it allows me to, maybe I can only change when I learn to accept who I am. Because mm. if I'm sitting here thinking, um, I don't know, it's, 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 it's this real yeah. knife edge of, of, of Shin Buddhism that I think is just really fascinating, really hard to talk about. Um, but to me, it's like Shin Buddhism offers this work to be done. Um, so, if, so if I'm accepted as I am... What do I do? How do I live my life? And I think part of it is to, to keep striving, keep learning about Buddhism, keep learning about what it says about how we should treat others, how we should live our life. Um, and so it's kind of interesting because then I've, um, you can flip it around and say, well, shouldn't I accept others as they are, mm-hmm. ideally? Right? I, and so there it becomes, can I accept others as they are? No, I'm always judging. Yeah. I'm always, um, oh, that person's too loud or... Um, you know, whatever. Like I can make all these discriminations yeah, that and person should be um, judgments nicer to about me, person. That person yeah. should be this way or that way. Why didn't they do it that way? Right. Why do they always mess up? Right? All these kind of problems. I have to work right? with somebody who bothers me, or right. I wish I could be home, or yeah, my family bothers me, or whatever. Like right. there's some right, 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 right. The, the classic Buddhist things of you know mm-hmm. wanting to be with people that you care for and having to be with people you hate. Yes, <laughs> causes of suffering. Right. Anyway, but that's but then maybe part of the um, one response is, well, no, I'm going to try to accept people as they are. Yeah. The flip side is, I got to be aware of when I'm not accepting people as they are. So even if I can't accept people as they are, that doesn't mean, therefore, I'm just going to keep hating this person. <laughs> no, it means that there's also this mindfulness awareness of when I'm not being like Buddha. Mm-hmm. I think that's very Shinshu also. Yeah. Not so much to try to be like Buddha, but try to be aware of when I'm not. Um, it's not that simple, but but that, that seems to point towards yeah, yeah, yeah. my thoughts on this. And you know, and I and I gotta say, I I think this is one of the things that I find most compelling about actually going to Shin services and Shin communities. Um, in practice, it seems to me that when, and whenever I go to a BCA temple, everybody's there. Hmm. You know, in terms of like different social classes, and you know, even if it's predominantly Japanese American, I still feel like there's a lot of different kinds of people in terms of personalities and um, young people, old people, children. 
Um, uh, and oftentimes I have experiences where I'm like, wow, there's this person here who just kind of bugs me. You know, there's this person who has like a weird affectation or something, you know, and, and I'll acknowledge that in my head and think, but here we are. This is where everybody is accepted. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's one of those experiences that I have not infrequently in Shin communities where, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and this is not just true of Shin communities. Like, you know, I go out to the grocery store and I find somebody that bothers me. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is a sort of fact of life, right? You go about your day and, and you have experience with people and they bother you or whatever. But when I'm in a Shin community, I'm more aware of this sense of acceptance mm-hmm. of other people. And then it's like, then that becomes an opportunity for practice, right? It's mm-hmm. like that, like you're saying, this acknowledgement of, oh, I'm not accepting these people as they are. And maybe I can give myself a pass at the grocery store, but you know, here, like, this is the one place where like, I gotta be aware of that and you know, let that stuff go and try to figure out how to, um, you know, how, to, how to be with that, how to practice. You know? like, that's, that's the... But then there's another, <laughs> but this is great, because then that could be turned into a gaman. If you don't like the way someone's treating someone else, that's just them. Just put up with it. Don't say anything. Don't rock the boat. Yeah, and we yeah, don't want. I don't yeah, think we yeah, need yeah. to go in that direction, because if we see bullying at a temple, right, right, right. we know, need Dharma to school or something. Yeah. If we see yeah. racial yeah. discrimination happening, we then we can't that, yeah. just we don't just be quiet. Right. 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 right? Um, yeah. And just to be clear, I was talking about more personal, <laughs> uh, mundane. I'm irritated by somebody's smell kind of thing, which is right. totally right. me right. being a jerk. <laughs> Not these larger issues, which I think you're absolutely right about. And I think that, you know, this goes back to that idea of, you know, this acceptance of everybody, but not accepting discriminatory views, which is something you were talking about before. Like, um, I think that's an important distinction to make. Because Shinshu to me seems to really be, um, have this side of accepting LGBT Mm -hmm. people. Um, Maybe not necessarily in practice, but I think it's been in the past certainly in the past 10, 15 years, kind of a mainstream Arguably, thing for you know, us. Yeah. yeah, definitely a mainstream thing in the last couple decades, but yeah. you know, there's evidence going back 30, 40 years. So. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's always been my impression just from the teachers that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and so I think that there's an idea of we should accept LGBT people. Yeah. But then there's this next idea, but then we should also accept homophobic people. Right, which is really interesting and mind blowing. It's like, oh, like part of me is just like, just shut up, come on, that's a ridiculous thing, right? But what what we kind of came up with, I think, is um, we homophobia. The basis of it is not accepting, right, of hate. Yeah. So I can accept that person, right, but I don't have to accept that view. Um, And I, I I think we can go so far as to say no. Homophobia is wrong. You may have those views, and you can come, but we're going to have to discuss. And I'm going to—I'm not going to just accept um, that hatred view. and, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, anger. I'm not going to accept uh, racism. Right. See, I'm half Japanese. I'm biracial person, and I think our temples have a history of um, racism against half Japanese people, and it's um, kind of—it goes back to um, Japan and attitudes from Japan. Um, Hapa is a word now that's very common to have have Asian people using, but it used to be derogatory a lot of the time. And still people, some people do recognize that derogatory side. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another expression, I know ko. Ko is child, I is love. So it's like you love child. (laughs) Which, and I still hear people use that to this day. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's like, 
I mean, part of me is like, well, fine, I am a love child. That's mean I didn't have to have some obligation. I'm not an obligation an child. obligation child, right, right, right totally. Uh, my, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's ridiculous. And unfortunately, our temples do still have racism. Yeah. They do still have um, sexism, interesting, traditional kind of conservative gender roles. And that's mm-hmm. a huge thing that's happening now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're opening up to um, LGBT um, on a kind of a general level, but whether it's happening in practice, I'm not sure. I think it depends on the temple. Different temples have different attitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is in the air. Things are changing. Um, but I think this this idea of accepting individuals, but also saying we're not going to accept certain views is a perfectly, is a great way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Because if you take seriously this this idea that everything is equal and that all beings are embraced, um, if that's, you know, that's not talking about views. That's talking about people, right? Like all people are embraced. But if your view is necessarily discriminating, discriminating or discriminative, then that's, that's, that's an idea, right? We can let that go and we can work on, you know, ridding ourselves of our own prejudices. That's, that's the other, I think, the other important part here. It's, it's very easy to, to look at other people and criticize them and say, oh, you shouldn't be this way or you shouldn't be that way. Um, but, you know, look at yourself, too, and examine your own, uh, your own biases that oftentimes go unchecked. I'm <laughs> sorry.